Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. As always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. This episode is an interview that I did with BCC Council member Jason Kovacs. Jason also serves on the board of directors for the Canadian Biblical Counseling Coalition. He's a native-born Canadian who spent almost 20 years of his life serving in the United States in various ministry capacities. And then he went back to Canada a few years ago and started and leads the Gospel Care Collective there. We get to talk about some of the different places and ways that he served and how God uses people in a variety of different ways to care for the souls of others. I pray that you are greatly encouraged by what we talk about in this conversation. If you're a BCC partner, you'll also be able to benefit from an after show that I recorded with Jason. You'll be able to look for that and access it through our new partner portal very soon. I hope that that as well is an encouragement to you. We talk just a little bit about his experience with adoption and some of the resources that he would encourage people to take advantage of if they happen to find themselves ministering to a family that is wrestling with some of the unique difficulties related to adoption. I hope you appreciate Appreciate all of those resources from the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Tell your friends about them and encourage them to listen to 1514. Well, welcome to this episode of 1514. Today I have with us, as I just mentioned in the intro, Jason Kovacs, who's up in Canada. Uh, Jason, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit to our our audience, uh, where you are currently. Tell us about your family and current ministry roles. Yeah, yeah. So like you said, I'm living here in, in Canada, live just outside Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, I think it's one of the most beautiful places, uh, I'd say, I'd say in the world. <laughs> You're biased, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, I am biased, unabashedly so. Uh, but, you know, a little bit of honesty, you know, it's, it's the most beautiful place in the world for about four months of the year. Mm. The rest of the, the year, it's a lot of rain <laughs> and a lot of gray. So, um, so yeah, I grew up in Canada, born in Edmonton, uh, and then moved out to British Columbia, uh, the West Coast here. Uh, when I was a teenager, went to uh, college out here and then moved down to the States right after college, where I met my wife, who's from Texas, and uh, spent 18 years uh, in the U.S., uh, Minnesota, North Carolina, and Texas for the most part. So my wife and I, we've been married 18 years. Uh, we've got five kids. Uh, four of our kids are adopted, so adoption has been a big part of uh, our ministry over the years, uh, and uh, served in various roles uh, in the church as a pastor, and then ran a counseling center in North Carolina, and then was a, a pastor of counseling in in Texas for for nine years, and started a counseling center at a church there. Uh, before we transitioned three years ago to to move back here closer to family, where now I'm I'm uh, serving churches around uh, North America um, through counseling, training, and consulting. Yeah, tell every, um, tell everybody the name of your of your ministry so they can find out more. It's it's called the Gospel Care Collective. Uh, just gospelcarecollective.org. Uh, so through that, uh, get to work with churches, helping them try to figure out how do, how do they care well for 
their congregation for their city. That might mean starting if, if they're starting a counseling center or counseling ministry, how do they train folks um, really trying to help them develop sustainable uh, care and counseling ministries. Uh, so do that and then doing uh, training. So I'm a, we're a training center for the association of biblical counselors. So we uh, bring people through the level one and level two certification with them um, so that, which has been just wonderful. I think we, we've trained over 70 people this last year. Oh, praise the Lord. In level one. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. There's a hunger for, for, for getting trained, for getting certified. And, and it's, it's just really encouraging. Yeah. Uh, and the other part of my time, I just, I do counseling yeah. like individual. <laughs> That's one thing I never, never, uh, when I ask people current ministry roles, I always use plural because almost all of our guests, all of our, all the biblical counseling world, we, many people are wearing many hats. So yeah, definitely. Well, as I mentioned with, with you just before I got on and, and our audience is getting familiar with our new format, we're getting a lot more personal, just getting to know you as a person. So start us out. You, you mentioned growing up in Canada, but tell us what, what was it like? What were you like as a kid? What was family life like for you? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, grew up in a small town just outside of uh, out of Edmonton uh, called Spruce Grove, and uh, yeah, it was great. I have lots of really great memories of growing up um, in, in there. Um, mom and dad. Two. I have two younger brothers. We're all pretty close in age, so um, we uh, we hung out a lot. Had had, had good friends, and, uh, and when I was thirteen, my dad. Uh, got sold his business and moved us out to, uh, out to Vancouver. So in many ways from 13 through college, I grew up here and, and this would be kind of the most formative. Uh, those were the most formative years. So this is, this is why I feel, why I feel like this is home for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, really great memories. I, I, we had a great youth group, thankfully. Um, you know, it's interesting because I live now in the town that I grew up in from 13 years old through college, and it's very different. My kids go to the high school I went to, and it's just completely different and makes me very grateful for the the faithfulness of God, the providence of God, just that protected me, kept me, provided me with, with really good friends, good church, um, youth group uh, that, that would really kind of help, help set me on, on, on a <laughs> on the right path. Uh, I was involved in camp ministry, which played an instrumental role in my life as well. Um, and then went to Bible college for, for college, which was also very instrumental. So to what, uh, if you were to tell, if, I don't know, sometimes we group ourselves in different groups, but what kind of stuff were you into as a kid and as a teen? You mentioned camp ministry, but were you an athlete? Yeah. Uh, what kind of stuff did you get into? Oh man, I, I was, uh, you know, when I was younger, we'd go to the local forest and build forts. Mm. Um, lots of street hockey, you know, good Canadian <laughs> kid. Um, I played, uh, I was a swimmer. So I, I, I was on the summer swim team. Uh, and then the winners, I was on the ski team. So we were, we were big ski, ski family, skiing family and skied competitively, uh, both in Edmonton, which was wild. Cause it, it's, you know, if, if anybody's ever been to Edmonton, it's pretty flat. So we, uh, but there was this little ski hill just outside Edmonton where I, where I started and learned how to ski. And then when we moved to Vancouver, uh, we have lots of 
uh, options here. So I was uh, one of the local mountains ski teams. Oh, very cool. And you have both your knees still? It's... Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, in college, I started snowboarding and uh, and then moved to Minnesota right after college. And, uh, and then I, I was a poor sort of grad student and couldn't afford to snowboard any longer yes yeah you do have to pay pay the <laughs> yeah. fees for those kind of things so tell us yeah. tell us how you you mentioned going to bible college but where along in your life did you come to know christ tell us a little bit about your faith and how you came to saving faith you know i when i my grandparents were were strong believers my mom's parents and uh were part of a um, a church that uh that, that was really influential in my life. So when I was about 11 years old, I remember standing up at a, uh, at a, I think an Easter service that, that we attended with them. And, uh, you know, that was, that was when I would have said that that's when I, you know, came to Christ. And, uh, and then, you know, through, through the years was very involved in, in youth group and would have told you I was a Christian, but, uh, but, but it wasn't probably, I would say my freshman year of college, had a real profound experience where, you know, I went into this, this, uh, well, I, I, so first I went to a private Christian university called Trinity Western, and then I transferred into uh, the Bible college that was on on the same campus. But in that first year, freshman year of of university, uh, I had all these aspirations to follow hard after Jesus and, and, uh, and the exact opposite happened. I had this new freedom and just started, you know, started exploring those freedoms and, uh, and so the Lord really humbled me, brought me to a place where I, I, I realized, man, I, I, I am not able to obey. Mm. And, uh, you know, I know what I should be doing as a Christian. You know, I know all the right things, but I, I was doing the opposite. And, um, and then halfway through that year, I was, uh, I was on the yearbook, uh, committee for the, for the school. And we were downtown Vancouver, doing some, doing, doing some ministry with the union gospel mission. And I was talking to one of the, the, the guys that were, was there, one of the homeless guys. And uh, he was telling me his story and, uh, and kind of his involvement at the union gospel mission. And I, I at one point in the conversation, I said, well, so, so you're, you're a believer. And he got really sad, almost, almost just sobered up. And he said, no, 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 I can't be a believer. I, 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 I don't obey God. I, you know, I still struggle with drinking. I, you know, I it started naming all the things he struggled with. And in that moment, I told him, I said, you know, these words just came out of my mouth. I said, that, that, yeah, let me, let me tell you the good news. Like you, you can't save yourself. You can't clean yourself up. That's why Jesus came. He came to save you from those things. That's the gospel that you know, Jesus lived and died in our place. And, and he started crying and, and at some point, I don't know if it was that night or the day after, or, or at some point, it was like the Holy Spirit pierced my heart with these words and realize, with this realization that that was not just for him, but that was the very message I needed to hear because I, w- I, 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 was, I was in the same place that, that he was. Mm-hmm. And I, so I actually point to that moment or that time is when my heart was regenerated. Uh, to use that yeah. that the theological term, uh, because I, the only way I can describe what happened in that in, from that point on is like my heart was new, my heart was different. Uh, 
I was able to obey from the heart. I was, I wanted to obey. I wanted to read the word. I wanted, you know, like everything changed yeah, no. from that moment on to, un, until today, That's, you know, that was, uh, I was what, 18. So I'm, I'm 43 now. Uh, praise praise yeah. the Lord. That's, that's fascinating. It's wonderful to hear that. I mean, cause there, there are a number of people who go to Bible college, grow up in the church, know all those things. And then God, but it's pure head knowledge or social conformity, whatever. And to see yeah. that, that just stark reality of your life that looks really clean, maybe compared to this homeless guy, but the gospel message yeah. is what you both needed. And that it was actually coming out of your mouth too. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. amazing. Well, t- uh, yeah. you mentioned, um, so you're at Bible college, Lord, what, what did you go there to study? You said you went there to really follow out hard after Christ, but weren't doing that. What, what did you start yeah. out going there for? And what did you end up studying? Well, I, yeah, I went to Trinity cause it's a Christian university sort of like the, uh, they, they used to call it the Wheaton college of Canada. Um, and, uh, so I went there because I, I, I had these desires for ministry, but I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to put all my eggs in that basket. So <laughs> I, think I, I went to Trinity and was thinking I'll do business and psychology. Uh, you know, as much as you can actually focus on those things in your freshman right, year. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I really didn't know I was confused. And, uh, and so I actually, after that first year, I took a year off. I went to, uh, I went backpacking to Australia, hmm. uh, New Zealand and the Cook Islands for a year, just went and, uh, yeah, that was, that was a whole other experience. I, I, I really look back and see the Lord's hand in that. It was just, it was like a year of walking with Jesus hmm. and, uh, getting to know Jesus in a, in a real personal way. Um, so through that, through that experience in, in, in traveling, I really then felt a call to ministry. So I came back, transferred into the Bible college and my focus was pastoral ministry. Wow. That'd probably be a whole nother podcast. Just hearing about that year of travel, that would be really fascinating to find out. But you mentioned as well, camp ministry was a really significant part in your life. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we have a, a great camp. I mean, we lots of great camps out here. Uh, the, the, the camp I went to was a camp our youth group would go to every, every summer and they, they did retreats through the year. Um, just a great, great summer camp that, uh, you know, every time I go, I would, I would go, you know, it was, it was like most people that have been to summer camp, it's, you know, like a, a surreal sort of week yeah. where you, you get, you know, hyped up, uh, for Jesus. And, um, so I, I, I did camp and then I, I went on staff as a counselor in training, uh, I think when I was you know 16 or so, and then a leader in training. Uh, so that was, that yeah, was really formative just in spending a whole summer there learning leadership, um, you know, qualities and, um, being, being trained, uh, being around people who really love Jesus and want to see others come to know Christ. Uh, after I graduated uh, college, Bible college, I went back as the head counselor. So spent the summer there, spent three, three months, um, getting to pour back into, uh, to, to other, other counselors and younger, younger folks, which, which was really awesome. No, that is, that is awesome. Also a great, you know, when you, we, a lot of times 
I talk with people about what kind of jobs are available to biblical counselors. <laughs> and especially teaching at an undergrad institution, I always say, well, honestly, it's going to prepare you for anything. Um, whatever you do in the future, when you know God's Word and how to apply it to life, that's going to be really helpful. But if you think about jobs like that, it's not the not sitting down with somebody for weeks on end going over something, but how many Christians would point to a, a moment or a season or a week at a camp and talk about how much God transformed them through his word, through a ministry of an individual person. Um, that would yeah. be a phenomenal place for biblical counselors to, to work and really pour in their uh, time Absolutely. and energy. Hmm. Uh, well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, well, tell you mentioned already meeting your spouse, but how did that happen? How did you end up wooing your wife, convincing her to marry you? Or does she convince you to marry her? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to say, I love to think that. Yeah, no, no, I had to, I had to pursue her for sure. Um, yeah, we both moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota in, uh, at the same time. She was, she moved from, from Texas. I moved from, from here, Canada. Uh, so we were at the same church. She was, we were both on staff at the church or I was doing an internship and she was on staff with the youth ministry uh, while she was going to seminary uh, there in, in Minneapolis. So we knew of each other and um, kind of got to see each other. And and and, uh, and and my wife was on her way to the mission field. So in some ways I feel a little guilty because she was, she was pretty hardcore. She was sort of single focused, not, not letting anything distract her. And she was going to, uh, to spend her life overseas. Um, and, uh, but, but, man, I, I, at a certain point, I, I just felt like I, I've got to tell her how I feel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, interestingly, I, uh, you know, we, we had a conversation at one point and, and, uh, I was starting to have feelings for her and wanting to maybe share with her and trying to figure out, you know, and discern that. And she said, Oh, I have some big news to tell you. And, and I thought, Oh, maybe the Lord has spoken to her and she's going to tell me her feelings for me. <laughs> and we got together and she said, I'm going overseas for the, for, I'm going to Germany for the rest of my life. Wow. You know, the Lord has confirmed this. And, and I thought, Oh man, okay. Well, that, that I, part of me was, was, uh, you know, sunk. The other part of me was also grateful because it felt like some clear clarification because I didn't, you know, at that point I knew, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm called to, to, to the minister here. And, uh, but a couple of days later, I thought, man, may, maybe I am called to Germany too. <laughs> and so that was, uh, that, that, it was a sincere, like, yeah, Oh yeah. man, like this is a girl that, that I don't, I don't know if I want to let, let, let go like this at the very least, this is a girl I want to marry. She, she obviously, she loved Jesus more than she loved me or anybody else. And that was what I was praying for. I was praying for a girl that, that would love Jesus more than she would, she would love me. And, and this was, she was, that, that, that was, that was her. So, so I, I ended up telling her how I felt. I said, I, I just need you to know, but I, you know, I don't want to get in what, the way of what the Lord is doing. Um, so I, I told her, said, I want you to go. I just, I, I don't want you to wonder where my heart's yeah, at. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of deal with my own heart with the Lord. Um, so, so obviously you didn't end up in Germany. So what, <laughs> <laughs> what no, like? no. She, ended up, she went for three months and, uh, and, uh, and then came back and, and a couple months later we got married. Oh, wow. Yeah. The Lord, the Lord, uh, you know, used a number of things and, and including my, you know, interest in her to sort of, 
uh, yeah, she, she, she wouldn't say that that time was a waste or, you know, just the the mystery of God's providence, but yeah, she didn't end up going Mm. long-term. Well, that's really fantastic. Well, I want to hear about your kids, but I think actually we'll save that for our after show. I'd love to hear about your adoption experience and maybe some of, some of, uh, just biblical wisdom for people thinking along those lines and also for biblical counselors who want to minister in that capacity. Um, but we're going to be way over time if we, we hang out all day on that. But um, yeah. So tell me, how did, you, how did you get into biblical counseling? You're doing all these different ministries. When did biblical counseling become a part of your life? Yeah, I would say you know, when I moved to Minnesota in, two, in year 2000, um, I was uh, uh, doing an internship at Bethlehem Baptist Church with John Piper, um, where, where he was the, the pastor at that time. And uh, every year they did a pastor's conference. And that, that year, the pastor's conference was on, uh, on soul care. And David Powlison was the, the keynote for that uh, particular pastor's conference. So that was, I would, I, I point back to that being the sort of moment where my eyes were open to, um, to, to, to biblical uh, counseling, biblical soul care, uh, in, introduced to CCEF, the journal of biblical counseling. I, I remember distinctly feeling, you know, a call to, as a pastor and to pastoral ministry, but really in that conference, what, what, um, uh, David shared as a distinct sort of awareness and and conviction that as a pastor, I'm a shepherd of souls, soul care and biblical care and counseling is, is an integral part of what it means to be a a godly shepherd. So that, that just sort of set me on a trajectory. No, that's really, really powerful. It's actually kind of coming full circle. Have you seen the new, his latest book, you know, published posthumously, The Pastor as Counselor, that, uh, yeah, that's a really sweet yeah. little book yeah. and a testimony to exactly what you're you're talking about. Well, that's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. How did that post that conference, or were you were you said you were doing the internship at Bethlehem, um, so you're still yeah. getting trained in ministry. Did that then just shift or or just become part of the DNA of your ministry from that point on, like, or was there some kind of change that, in your mind that took place? Yeah, you know, I think it just became affirmation for me that that as a pastor, you know, I, I did have these this this part of me that was very um, that that was passionate about discipleship, passionate about just relationship, and and so I think what it did is it gave uh, you know g- gave me categories for that, um, and grateful you know thankfully like as a first as a pastor, so I, I actually I didn't think. And this is what I want to do full time. I, I, I was still thinking I want to do church planting. Uh, I was doing a lot of evangelism. I, w- I was uh, then on staff at the church there as a college minister. And um, so just doing a lot of discipleship evangelism with college students. And soul care was just sort of woven into yeah. that. It wasn't sort of the main thing until later on in my life. <clears throat> when, so walk us through that just kind of briefly. How, how did you go from being on staff at the church, doing a lot of practicing soul care and biblical counseling ministry as part of your ministry to it really becoming, because you help start counseling ministries at churches and um, now are doing full-time training and consulting and counseling. Walk us through that briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, t- I, I kind of 
it's like I, I entered through the back door in some ways. <laughs> uh, how I describe it is uh, just you know the, the verse that I, I I come to over and over and over again is Proverbs sixteen nine. You know, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord establishes his steps. And that's been my story because I you know I had a plan, I had a, a passion for the church for, uh, and then I had plans. I thought you know this is what it's going to look like and. Um, but the Lord is pro in his providence. He, you know, he knew, he knew what he was doing. Um, but yeah, after Bethlehem, I ended up, uh, helping plant a church in Charlotte, North Carolina that was affiliated with, uh, with Bethlehem Baptist. And uh, at that point, Billy Graham moved his headquarters out to Charlotte yeah. from Minneapolis. So we had a lot of folks that were wanting a church that shared similar, um, convictions and, and philosophy, so we helped plant this church. And in that season, I got to know a, a, another counselor in Charlotte who became a good friend. And he had come from New York and was a part of Redeemer Presbyterian and, uh, and introduced me to the ministry of Tim Keller. Uh, so my friend was doing what he called gospel centric counseling. And, and at that point I had, you know, that wasn't really a thing or a word, a buzzword at that point, even it was 2004, I believe. Um, but we got to know each other and I ended up going on staff with him. It was just me and him. He had a little counseling practice, but wanted help uh, administrating things. So I came on, I was at RTS in Charlotte there doing my, doing my master's or finishing up my master's. Uh, so for three plus years, I, I believe three years, I, I worked with my friend uh, building a, building out this counseling center. Uh, and, uh, and so it, it, it kind of gave me an opportunity to uh, learn kind of that world of, of biblical counseling. Got, we, we called it gospel centric counseling. Um, we, we were, I, I was, I was starting to do a little bit more counseling, but uh, um, so that, that was really significant. That was a significant season. I then ended up going, uh, leaving that role to run a nonprofit focused on adoption and uh and then I did that for a number of years. And then uh, uh, we moved to Austin and I went on staff at the Austin Stone Community Church as uh, the pastor of counseling. So that was something that I, I hadn't been searching after, but uh, we had, they knew we had some mutual friends on staff there. Uh, they were looking for uh, a pastor of counseling and they heard about me and uh we started talking and they're like, man, we, you know, we, we've thought about starting a counseling center, but you've happened to, you, you happened to run one. You, but they, it was interesting too, because it was just God's providence. They were, they said, you know, we're looking, but we're, we're not just looking for a counselor. We're looking for a pastor mm -hmm. uh, who has a heart for counseling and can help the church develop a strategy and a culture of, of, of care rooted in the gospel. And, uh, and I thought, you know, again, I, I wasn't thinking that way. I was still thinking maybe church planting, but at that point, you know, I thought I have all this experience. I, yeah, I am passionate about that. And as they sort of shared their heart, I thought, I think I could do that. And uh, so stepped into that role and, and, and that become, became my world about, I guess now 13 years ago yeah. or, or no, I guess 2010. So 11 years ago. Very cool. <clears throat> Very cool. Well, tell, tell us what are some of the, Hardest things you've faced in counseling ministry? Oh, good question. I, I think, you know, it's those moments where you, 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 I feel 
like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Hmm. Um, I, I don't, uh, I don't think there's a, a, a an earthly uh, solution to this. This, this is really going to take the Lord uh, to intervene. You know, those, those are always the, the greatest and the, and the hardest mm-hmm. moments when you, when I, I find when I come, come to, to terms with my inability, my weakness, um, my limitations and need to really you know, lean on the Lord, his word. Um, but sometimes, yeah, seeing, you know, things fall apart, mm-hmm. seeing marriages fall apart, seeing, uh, things not, not go the way that we'd like to see them go. When, what, what are the things that help you when you're facing those types of experiences? What are the things that help kind of carry you through and keep you moving forward in, in soul care? Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely like, you know, remembering the promises of God, you know, he will, he will, he will complete what he's, the good work that he's begun. Um, you know, the, the doctrine of our union with Christ, mm-hmm. uh, probably more than any other doctrine has just been uh, so foundational for me to, to, um, to come back again and again and again to, to the, the realization and, and the reality that, that uh, this is in my ministry, that God is somehow blessing, <laughs> uh, but it's his ministry that I get to participate in. Um, and, and first it's, 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 uh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in relationship with the father, the son and the spirit. I'm, I'm a beloved son. So it's first not even about what I'm doing and what he's doing. It's about the relationship, the triune eternal uh, relationship that we we're, were saved into and, and brought into. And so that, I, I think, man, that, that is probably, yeah, I would say, you know, is the, the most uh, helpful uh, place for me to go and, and just knowing he's at work. You know, I, I often just come back to the, the, the truths. Jesus is present. Jesus is working. Jesus is speaking. And as I lean on those truths, uh, and there's a lot of biblical, you know, um, you know, verses that we could, we could go to and all that. But uh, as I, as I lean on that, oh man, I, I feel, okay, I can, I can, I can stay, I can stay put here. I can persevere. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's a good word for all of us. I mean, a lot of good words, actually. I really appreciate how you said it. it's not that it's our ministry. He happens to bless, but it's his ministry we get to be a part of. And then just the sustaining walk with God. And I think you see that it's one of the things I've been thinking a lot about through the Psalms and just in my counseling ministry with others too is, man, I'm not as much as concerned about you getting the right answer or you coming out of the funk that you're in as long as you're walking through it with Jesus, right? That just that relational component, if that's what matters, if people are running to him, hard stuff is going to, is still going to (laughs) happen. Difficulty is going to come and hard feelings, but uh, that, union with Christ is so, so central. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Would you mind sharing if, uh, if you're up for it, any mistakes you've made in counseling and, and kind of what you've learned from it? Yeah. I, I mean, related to kind of some, some of what I just shared, I, I think it, it's in those moments of feeling like, I don't know what to do. Uh, 
that you know the mis- probably the biggest mistakes I've made is, is, has been not in that moment being honest or not just confessing to the Lord my need and being okay with not having an answer in that moment and and trying to give an answer or trying to trying to uh, f- you know fix or or uh, control a situation because you know because I'm I don't want to look weak or like I don't have uh, I don't have the wisdom for that moment or for that situation. So I, looking back, there, there was moments like that, um, that, that I, I just, I'm grateful for God's grace and his, uh, uh for forgiveness and for, for gracious clients that, you know, <laughs> were, were <laughs> gracious people that put up with my, um, the ways I pastored or counseled in those moments. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, now, now I, I feel like, the older I get, the more, uh, the more I'm okay with just telling people, I don't, I don't know what to mm. say. Mm. Um, I think we need to pray. We need to look to God's word some more here. I need to talk to something. Do you mind if I talk to somebody? Cause I'd like to get some thoughts. Um, yeah. being okay with, with it being hard. Like you were saying, you know, like encouraging them to pursue Jesus, but, but being okay that it's not being, you know, it's not changing in the moment. Yeah. I'm much more uh, patient. I find still have a way, you know, <laughs> still lots of growth. Needed. Yeah, it does. It does seem to be a common theme that the older we get, the more patient we become. And I think that probably just because we've had to practice it a whole lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, tell us what are some of the, your favorite things about counseling things that you'd really draw the greatest joy from in your ministry? Oh, the greatest joy would be um, the honor and privilege of sitting with people as they uh, share things that they 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 hadn't ever shared before, or mm. they, they maybe for the first time have space and time and and a, and a listening ear that 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 they didn't have before, uh, and so they're they're able to to. Uh, discern what the spirit is doing, discern and the, what the word of God is, is saying to their, to, to them and what the Lord is saying to them, uh, just kind of creating that space, having that, you know, that, that hour or two or whatever it is um, to sit with them and know the Lord is present. He's working, he's speaking, he's, he's doing something here and we can sort of be attentive to that, man. There, there's just nothing like that. Kind of, and, and that looks different in you know in every situation. But uh, man, the privilege of that, the privilege of getting to participate in what what uh, the Lord is doing in somebody's life in those very intimate places, mm-hmm. whether it's a marriage, an individual. Um, man, I yeah, there's nothing like that. And then even with churches, getting to work with churches as they really wrestle through uh, trying to you know not just start a ministry or a program, but, but really wanting to um, develop a culture yeah. and a sustainable uh, uh, soul care ministry. That, that brings me uh, a lot of joy. Oh, that's, and that's fantastic. Well, our time is almost up, but I'd like to reserve the last couple minutes for a segment I call two minute favorites, which I did not share with you. So I'm, I'm giving Thanks. you a little grace with our audience, <laughs> but yeah. you ready for this? Sure. sure. I don't right. even know what to expect. I'll start with a few of the softballs and then we'll move into <laughs> some of the hard ones. All right, here we go. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite food? 
Uh, hamburgers. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite sport? Hockey. Favorite sports team? Edmonton Oilers. Favorite uh, book of the Bible? Ephesians. Favorite gift you've ever received? Ooh. Oh, man. That's a hard one. Yeah, the softballs uh, are over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's probably so many I can name, but the, the one that comes to mind is someone gifted my wife and I a weekend at a prayer retreat, like a little cabin in the middle of the woods uh, that uh, that we got to go and spend the weekend at uh, with Jesus. Yeah. All right. Favorite gift you've ever given? Oh, man. Um I'm going to say my wife, I got her a mountain bike. And, uh, and so we, that, that we, we got to, we get to mountain bike together, which is one of my favorite things to do. Favorite word. Gospel. Least favorite word. Sin. Favorite book outside of scripture. Mm. Oh, I'm going to say Augustine's confessions. Favorite candy? Oh, uh, Swedish fish. Favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, oh, uh, I'm going to have to go with, uh, well, my, I'll say my favorite ice cream is Tillamook, uh, or Tillamook, um, out of Oregon. And they do, uh, they do an amazing, it's called utterly chocolate. I believe it's just, Ooh, <laughs> If you it's, could choose any superpower, what superpower would you choose? Uh, oh, man. So these are flying, flying. They give it the, the power of being able to fly. All right. Well, that wraps up our two-minute favorites and our time together today. Jason, thanks so much for being with us on 1514 today. Uh, thanks, Curtis. It's a joy. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.